Alrighty, guys. Uh, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. Doc here, sitting with Tommy. Tommy's uh, yo yo. Tommy's laying on uh, my housemate's bed, In looking a very way. seductive. Yeah. So it's really good. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, we've got a um, rather serious shoot the shit topic today. We just talked about um, some um, some struggles we've had with. Uh, mental health and panic attacks in our history and how we've kind of combated it and what it's all about. Mm. Um, basically, a little bit of a, a look into our lives and hopefully um, some people that might be struggling with some similar stuff might get something out of it. Or, and if, uh, if you're not struggling, then at least you'll understand a little bit more about mental health and what yeah. people go through. Uh, so we are sponsored today, guys, by a couple of, uh, couple of great companies. The first one is Quash Creative. Quash is an Elwood-based design firm run by our mate Sean Marsh. His sole aim is to solve business challenges with creative solutions. Uh, basically, guys, if you mention AdventureFit Radio, Sean will give you a free SEO report on your website or feedback on your existing brand. Marshy did our um, our audio intro for the podcast. He's also a fantastic digital artist, graphic designer. Um, anything creative, you want to go to you want to go to Quash. So head to um, quashcreative.com.au. And also, guys, we are sponsored by Audible today. Audible is a, the home to a wide selection of digital audiobooks, <laughs> <laughs> audiobooks <laughs> including best sales, new releases, exclusives, and much more. Listen anywhere, anytime on your tablet, mobile, or desktop mm-hmm. with the free app. Guys, head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. You'll get a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook. You will absolutely love Audible. It's my favorite app so good. on my phone. Well, that, that, and my that podcast and, uh, app. and the Port Hub app yeah. that you have, yeah. And then um, Grinder is also <laughs> one that I, I like to take the piss. But um, <laughs> <laughs> can we leave that in, or should oh, we edit it? Nah, keep it in. Fuck it. And then um, oh, anyway, so um. So good. <laughs> So, so, so we're also brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. Um, go to www.adventurefittravel.com, guys. Check out all of our um, all of our trips we have coming up. We've got Iceland coming up in November. We've also got uh, Kokoda Trek coming up in April. And in March, we're going to release a New Zealand trip. All these trips are selling well. They're going to be the most fun you'll ever have. Just got back from Thailand, which was a absolute game-changing itinerary. So much fun. I keep saying game-changing lately. It's good. Um, But um, yeah, super fun, guys. Head to our website, www.adventuretravel.com to check out all of our trips. Head to our social medias if you want to see a little bit of uh, what actually goes on on the inside of a trip. And then use the code word radio on the website to get 10% off any and all of our trips. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die.
Now we're recording, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, that's gold. All right, here we go. And we're back. Oh, actually, you know what? We're just going to fucking keep this in. Because uh, none of that was recording. <laughs> it's classic. Oh, no. So, guys, for everybody oh, no. at home, uh, we were about seven minutes into a show then. <laughs> And uh, that's a no show. That's a no show. That's an invisible show because we weren't recording. <laughs> uh, so I'll uh, reiterate what I spoke about before. Um, guys, this episode is a another mental health one. Um, our biggest shows, I guess, and Bill mentioned before that we are kind of fishing for likes here, but uh, our biggest shows are the ones dealing with mental health, specifically the ones um, about our personal experiences with anxiety and, and, and depression to a lesser extent, OCD, all that sort of stuff. Um, Bill and I haven't caught up um, in a while um, and I thought it would be good. I've been doing a lot of stuff on YouTube um, and I guess the main reason why I wanted to do a, uh, a podcast like this is because I feel like my YouTube stuff and, and the podcast and the for Travel can really sort of be intertwined easily because we're all, um, it just makes sense to put all these things together. And um, my latest YouTube video that I want to do is one related to my um, first ever couple of panic attacks and sort of what that was like. And I, I really don't want to be someone that is just kind of like preaching how to recover from anxiety. Just I don't really want to be a life coach. I want to be just kind of like a, a mate that you can talk to sort of thing uh, because I've fucking experienced the lows. I know all my closest friends have experienced, experienced things like this. And uh, I think if we can just make it super open and easy to talk about, then we're all just going to be better from it. But um Panic attacks, yeah, guys. And I asked this bill to you before, but I'll ask you again. When did um, a panic attack? So, when were your panic attacks um, in relation to your timeline of anxiety? When did they become prevalent? Um, well, and we are recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, basically, I'd never really known what a panic attack was. I I was well aware of the term. Um, I'd obviously heard people talk about panic attacks. I'd um, I think I'd even heard about Dan Harris's panic attack. Obviously, yeah. I've just read his book, yeah. um, 10 Happy. I, I'd heard um, News Reporter has panic attack, maybe seen the YouTube video or whatever, but yeah. I'd, never, I'd never actually understood what the term meant. I'd never felt a panic attack happen to me. So it wasn't something that I thought about ever in life. Mm. You know, I'm, not, I'm not like, I wonder what a panic attack, I wonder if yeah. I'm going to have my first panic attack. It's just, I never knew what it was going to be like, never thought about it. But it was... I mean, I had little bits of anxiety on and off throughout the younger years of my life without really knowing what they are, what they were. Uh, and then, you know, I can't really dis- I can't really decipher whether a lot of that was due to like taking recreational drugs all the time, mm. partying heaps, they being say that's young. They say that's related, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, but basically, I talk about the fact that like my real anxiety that I've had a little bit of str- trouble with started three years ago basically when I started Adventure It, you know, mm. pretty much all kind of intertwined. Um, so my first panic attack was at my best mate Frey's wedding over in uh, over in Bali in yep. Changu. And yeah, basically I'd gone from um, straight from the first ever Adventure Fit trip, which is 11 days in New Zealand. And it was a really highly stressed 11 days. I'd struggled a lot with anxiety, social anxiety mm. on that trip, really freaking out. Um why doesn't everybody like me? Everybody's- Did you know this was anxiety at the time? Um, yeah, I'd started to put the pieces together and yep. understand what was going on. Yep. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd had all these thoughts in New Zealand, like 
I had my one of my really close mates and oldest mates, Wilbur, who was with me leading the New Zealand trip. And Wilbur's a very personal guy, a really funny guy, whatever. And everything, like, whenever Wilbur said anything, like, everybody would laugh. And instantly mm. in my head, I'm like, oh, they're all laughing more. I would say something and feel like it would fall flat. I'm like, oh, nobody fucking likes me. This, yeah. All that textbook social anxiety. Yeah, exactly. You know? 11 days of it. And I told Wilbur about four days in because I hadn't told anyone about the fact I had anxiety at this yeah. point, really. I told Wilbur, I'm like, hey, man, um, I just need to let you know I might need you to pick up more of the slack on the on this from this point of the trip. I'm really, really struggling with anxiety. And he was like, what the fuck? What are you mm. talking about? Like, Wilbur's someone who is an absolute champion but could never get his head around anxiety because he just never had any, any yeah. even imagination of what, what it would what it would feel like. Yeah. Um, although his partner, Elaine, has helped me a lot. She's been through a bunch of stuff. But Wilbur just couldn't get his head around it. And then anyway, so that was a really hard 11 days for me. Mm. I loved all the friends that I made. I made friends for life with a lot of people on that trip. I had some game-changing, epic experiences. Mm. But it was a bit of a negative impact on me because I'd just been through the grill, you know, yeah. anxiety-wise. And then, so I flew straight from there, straight to Frey's wedding in Changu in Bali. And I thought, all right, sweet. Everything's relaxed now. I'm with my mates. Everything, all the hard work's over. I don't have to stress about Adventure Fit mm. anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And then when I got over there, I landed and I started hanging out with the boys and I started getting those same thoughts. I'm like, I remember hanging out with Fish, one of Frey's brothers, who's a great friend of mine. And Fish is like up and about at all points of the day, like yep. real loud, outgoing, whatever. And I started getting all these same thoughts and I'm like, this is not good. Why is this going on? Like, mm. these are my best mates. And then, yeah, so um, started having a bit of a rough time over there. But, uh, but it was the way it all, was all set up was four days of um of wedding basically this is i can't actually remember the exact basically itinerary but i'm yep. gonna go with day one and day two were party at the villa so there yep. was 10 of 10 of the brides 10 of the brides friends 10 of the grooms friends at this you know i don't know if i already just mentioned this but um at this amazing villa that you'd see on a yeah. you know on a gangster film yeah and anyway so first day was like you know Welcome drinks, which just turned into a massive pool party, yes. basically. Um, second day was um, drinks with extended family and friends or whatever. We were there the whole time, so it was just party, party, party for us. So the first two days, yeah. massive parties. Third day was the wedding day, huge party. Um, and then fourth day was the pool party. Yeah. That was, and they were, all, they were all pool parties for yeah. us. We were in the villa every day. Yeah. But there was like a, a pool party for everybody to, on, the, on the Sunday or whatever to wind down. And then... First couple of days, had a pretty good time, getting a bit of anxiety going on. Then third day, worrying about the speech. I'm really starting to freak out a little bit, drinking way more than I probably should before the speech just to calm my nerves or try and calm my nerves. Went out there, actually killed the speech. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Which is always the case. Yeah, yeah. Well, just... Like probably when I did my mate Corey's wedding, I prepared a lot better. Mm. I was a lot less drunk and I killed the speech in a mature way yeah right I killed the speech in a this guy's drunk and hilarious way of phrase you know which is what it was kind of with Corey's but I just it was a different thing you know I was just out loose speech yeah but hilarious got everyone laughing so that was cool and then everything went nothing could have been going better really like inside of my head I was freaking out still but like I killed the speech there wasn't so at the time I was singles before I um, got together with Jill yep and I ended up um, hooking up with like 
Em's mate that was super cute, super cool. That like that she that she was like trying to play matchmaker with like the single people. She was like the prettiest girl ever, yeah. you know. And um, and everything went perfectly my way. And just yeah, there was no reason for me to stress out, or have a bad time. Mm. I woke up on the pool party day, and I felt so rattled inside of my brain. I was like, fuck, I really don't know if I can go out there and see everybody. Mm. I don't. I don't. I was in the pool room with um with Em's mate and then stayed in there and I was talking to her all morning and I started saying like, fuck, I'm feeling really hungover. Like I was just hoping that she would just be like, oh yeah, let's go ride a scooter somewhere or yeah. like, let's not do the pool party. And I was trying to get a, some sort of a, some sort of an excuse to get out of the, yeah. being around people. Yep. And then I'm like, nah, I can't get out of this. So yep. that's cool. No worries. So I went out into the villa, everyone starts pouring, family, friends, aunties, uncles, fuck all these people that I've known for, because Frey's been my best mate since we well, five years old, mm-hmm. you know? 23 years of knowing these people mm. whatever and then it got to the point where we're all sitting around this table it's like a 10 person table it's not a round table it's like a rectangular table I was just sitting one of the one of the seats there and everyone's still drunk from the night before everyone's like it's 10am everyone's a couple of beers in because it's just it's just a bender pool party yeah. basically and so I'm like okay cool I'm just going to beat this like I did yesterday by drinking through it yeah. basically I'm just going to really push hard on the beers and I'll just relax. Yeah. That's just what I've done before. It's going to work again. And then I started drinking beers and then it started to like escalate the whole thing. It started to make it worse. And then I remember just sitting there. Um, Ricky was sitting next to me and I remember, yeah, just everything that anybody said that was got a laugh, it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It made me feel like I was missing the joke because when you have anxiety, you feel... Uh, I, bet, I think you feel 20 IQ points dumber. Oh, it makes you feel way dumber because yeah. you're, you're foggy. Yeah, that's right. Your brain's you, tired. Yeah, and you're so focused on like something which is not real yeah. that you can't focus on any logistical thing. Your brain is so tired. and yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm missing out on the jokes. I would say something very, very rarely and like I just feel like I was getting nothing and it just it was snowballing in my head. I'm like, right, I fucking don't know if I can handle this. Yep. Really don't know if I can handle this. And then I just looked at Ricky and she knew what was going on, eh? She knew exactly what was going yep. on. She was and, pretty intuitive. Yeah. And then, anyway, so I jumped up. I walked out of like the kitchen lounge area of this villa. And by this stage, there's like 50 people there. Um, they probably end up being like 100 people by the end of the day. Yeah. Big families, you know. And then I walked into, we were staying in like, the lads were staying in like a dorm kind of setup, but of this epic villa. It was a really nice room, mm-hmm. but it was like mm-hmm. kind of bunks and like a dorm kind of looking setup. Yeah. I went in there and... Yeah, Ricky didn't come with me. Actually, I went in there by myself at the start. I walked in and just laid. I just, I like fell onto the bed. Yeah. It was basically like, I didn't cry, but it was like I'd given up. Like I fell, yep. collapsed onto the bed face first and just facing the pillow and just hugged the pillow. Yep. And anyway, so Fish came in, who's James's brother, who like I said, like one of the like real loud fucking in your face kind of yep. whatever, one of my great mates. And he came in, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, Doc? Yeah. What are you fucking doing? And I looked up at him. I'm like, mate, I'm not having a good time. He's like, don't be a fucking pussy. Like, yeah. didn't understand. Just started, yeah. basically started berating me. And yeah. at that point, in my mind, I'm not confident no. enough to come up with a witty, like, come exactly. back. Or, and I'm not, I don't really want to tell him what's going on either. Nah. So, so you feel trapped almost. Yeah, I'm like, what do I do? I felt like I couldn't breathe, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, so I think I just said to him, I'm not going well, fish. And then he's like, what are you fucking talking about? I said, I'm just, I'm not going well, man. I'm really struggling. And he looked at me, he's like, what do you mean? And then yeah. I told him, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, something's going on. I'm having like a fucking panic attack. I, I, I just, I can't be out there. Mm. I'm really fucking freaking out. And he's like, oh, all right, man. Like, can I do anything? And 
Bish couldn't really like nah. tried, but like couldn't really grasp what was going on. Kind of like Wilbur. I don't think he'd ever had thoughts like this and stuff. And then anyway, so Dan Carter walked in and Fisher sitting next to me. He's like, boys, what are you doing in here? And Carter's made of mine since five years old. Yep. Carter sits down, what the fuck are you doing, Doc? Starts abusing me. I'm like, Carter, I'm not going well, man. I'm, I'm fucking really struggling. He's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, I've got like fucking anxiety going on. I'm having like a panic attack. I just can't be fucking out there right now. Carter's like, oh man. Did I it did. make it worse having the boys around? Um, yeah, I wanted him to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted him to fuck off. Yeah. Um, in the nicest way, I love my of mates, course. but I wanted him out. I wanted just to be by myself. Yeah, of course. And then, so Carter came in. Carter's sitting next to me. Shit. And then I'm like, Carter and Fish. Carter was actually quite good. Fish was good too, but like, didn't really understand as much. Yeah. Carter understood. He, he started to, oh man, I've had, you know, some of this stuff myself. And started, so you get a little bit of common ground. I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel like, don't feel like such a fucking yeah. loser or whatever. Then, Billy came in. Billy's Frey's cousin plays AFL. Um, Billy comes in and Billy like, Billy and I, mates, we're getting on great at this point or whatever. But another thing like when you got anxiety, like I'm like, oh, Billy's fucking... Yeah, he's it was, killing it. Yeah, like, he's killing he's, it. He's yeah, killing it. He's exactly. cool, he's whatever. And He'll like now he's going to see me yeah, and exactly. I'm gonna, in my yep. lowest point really. Yeah, exactly. And then so Billy walked in. I'm like, what the fuck? And then before I knew like all my mates are in there, I'm like, lads, I fucking just need to be by myself. Like, and they're like, well, we're not going to leave you by yourself, man. Yeah. We're not going to leave you by yourself. Like, right. And then. So, after about fucking a million fucking yeah. chats and a million, you know, the boys are like, come on, we, w- we want you out there. Like, everyone's mum and dad are asking where you are and auntie and uncle and like all these people that knew me, like, where yeah. the fuck's Doc? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going out there. Yeah. Like, I'm not leaving this fucking room. Yeah. And like, the thought of going out into face these people and yeah. chat and like have these random people come up to me and try and put on a show or like, that's what I always felt like. That's what when I've anxiety and panic attacks I feel like I have to put on a show because yeah. I've always been like the popular fucking guy basically and that's fucked me over basically my subconscious needs that mm. even though I don't I really like when I'm conscious my conscious thoughts don't want that mm. like I don't crave that consciously mm. unconsciously it's it's planted in there that and I, I really think I'm working through it but like I, the, the pressure of me being out there and being on was mm. just too much and like my heart rate with Jack I'm like there's no like you could have put a gun to my head, I reckon, at that point, and you could have said, walk out that door, I'm going to fucking pull the trigger, and I would have said, I'm not walking out that fucking nah, door. Yeah. It's like there was like an invisible an, in, an invisible fucking barrier, barrier there that, yeah. I, just, that I couldn't couldn't step through. So, yep. And then, anyway, the boys were, were just sitting there, and they ended up just being the boys kind of chatting amongst themselves and whatever, and I was like relatively comfortable. And then Ricky came in, and uh, Ricky ended up just like jumping into bed and just hugging with me and then the boys fucked off for a bit and me and Ricky end up chatting and she told me how like she'd been through a bunch of similar stuff and um, she understood. She, she, I felt with Ricky like somebody actually understands. Yeah. You know, this is, this, is, um, this is all good but throughout the whole like 10 a.m. this whole thing started, I don't think, I don't think I left the room that day. So give us a t- so timeline. So 10 a.m. is when the panic attack, is that when you entered the room? Yeah. Okay. So you've been experiencing it from what? As soon as you woke up at like eight? Um, I wouldn't call it a panic attack when I woke up. I'd nah. call it like a ridiculously heavy social anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. You know, so heart rate was a little was bit jacked. Yeah, it was just really, really bad. Yeah. Heart rate was a little bit jacked. Um, just inside my head like you wouldn't believe. But it wasn't really a panic attack, I don't feel like, until I sat down at the table talking with all my mates and, and every, everything's, everyone's up and about around me and that's when like heart rate's proper pumping yep. like I'm starting to sweat like I can't actually think of a word to say because we've got so much shit going on in my 
yeah. in my brain. And that's when I'm like, my instinct, like, just stand up, get out of here. Like, yep. escape. Yeah. Fucking move away. And then, so that's what I did, basically. And that's when I went to the room at, like, you know, 10 o'clock. Mm. And then it kind of subsided, but it was more like a feeling of, like, the panic attack kind of wore off, but it, it was more... Did you that, feel really like ashamed of yourself? Yeah, that's exactly the word I was about to say. Yeah. Like it felt like shame. It's the same every time, man. Yeah, I felt like if I go out there now, I'm probably like my heart isn't absolutely racing. Yeah. My brain doesn't have a trillion thoughts. This is maybe like five hours later. Yeah. But I'm just going to be too ashamed to go out there yeah. and see everybody. Yeah. Because then they're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? I'm going to have to explain to every single... I feel like the whole day was revolving around what was going on with yep. me, which to a small degree... You feel like a failure. Yeah, pretty much. Especially because yeah. nobody knew anything about my yeah. anxiety, mental health or whatever at that time. Mm. No one knew a thing. And I'm like the opposite of what people assume mm. somebody that mm. has social anxiety is like. Exactly. People, people tell me, you know. I yep. still think like, nah, I don't feel like I'm like that. But apparently people think I'm outgoing and confident yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah. and I and I'm get, getting back to there but you know it's yeah it was really hard so um but yeah it was yeah it was a shit day mm. and I don't really I think uh, me and Ricky like she brought me food in and like I think I stayed in the room and from what I remember I stayed in the room the whole day mm. Ricky kept me company we ate food boys came in and out end up having um some great chats with the lads and find out a lot about them mm. um, in this regard, like stuff that they'd been through. And this, yeah, and this then, is why but, I wanted to devote my life to it, man, because you just, you just, you, you learn about people of like who they really are. Not to say mm. that like who the person really is is just the shit person, like the shit side mm. of the person, because it's not. It's just like the true person. Like you can see one side of someone uploading awesome, their awesome life on social media, and that may not be exaggerated. That may be their really cool side, mm. you know, but. It's also good to know, like, you know, the, it's good to see the whole iceberg, not just yeah. the tip of the iceberg, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was all right. I mean, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me with, um, like, getting help, like seeing a, seeing a psychologist. So, as soon as I got back, once that happened, I was like, right, okay, I've had enough of this shit. I'm not fucking putting up with it anymore. And I went and saw a psychologist, which I thought would fix all the problems, which... It helped, um, and then that was two, end of 2014. 2015 was a pretty good year for me. Mm. It was pretty pretty good anxiety-wise. And then, but I mean, then I didn't I didn't get to the root of the problem. I didn't yeah. give myself enough um, options to, to pull myself out of it. Yep. Um, and 2016 rocked your boat. Yeah, 2016 was 2014, 2016, start of 2017. Yeah, were were fucking terrible. 2015 was pretty alright comparatively, yeah. but yeah, so that was a good thing. It kind of gave me spurred me on to be like right you know I want to try and change this mm. and then yeah it, it opened up a lot of um, conversations with me my friends my family yep. myself you know that that you know this is what's going on Needs and let's try and fucking let's try and change this from a positive to a from a negative to a positive you know mm. Mm. for me it was just, like for me it was early so late 2013 when I was down at Frankston um, for the VFL preseason uh, 2014 was the worst 2015, still really shit, but like had some processes in place. 2016, my life was changing. I felt like I was becoming a man, um, mm-hmm. but like there's still some things there. But like towards the like later part of 2016, I started feeling great. Mm. And now 2017, I don't recognize myself. It's yeah. it's awesome. But yeah, like for me, 
it's it's amazing. Like, I mean, I love hearing your stories about it because it just sort of, um, yeah, confirms with me like where why we we get along so well. It's just because like there's so many similarities in, in what you talk about to what I what I've mm. dealt with, ir- irrespective of the um, social anxiety stuff. Like my my social anxiety was never really the big thing like I had social anxiety and I always used to get freaked out by like what people thought of me and I remember this one time I was at a party and um, I was speaking to a friend's ex-girlfriend now but a friend's girlfriend at the time about my anxiety issues um, with the sexuality and the um, um, hell and the schizophrenia and, and the OCD and stuff and um, she kind of looked at me bluntly and said but you're Tom Hurt like mm. what do you mean you have anxiety you're Tom Hurt yeah and that's I was, what I that's what I get yeah and I was just I was just so like I almost felt like offended because I was yeah. just like you, you don't know me at all like nah. how the fuck what what are you what are you possibly and then I started thinking like what does everyone see of me yeah. you know who, who who am I to everyone else mm. you know as opposed to like who I really am as a person yeah. and I was like alright I need to fucking make sure now that my life is like really really genuine and honest and like everyone knows really who I am because mm. I can't deal with that like mm. because I started thinking like do my mates really know me like are they yeah. you know well, I get called or have, have been called in the past arrogant yeah because I'm quiet when, yeah. I, when I got anxiety yeah because people look at me and go you're the outgoing fucking whatever guy yeah and if I'm dealing with real bad anxiety for this period of my life whether it's like a week a month whatever and their experience with me is me being like that like shy and withdrawn then they're like oh he's fucking arrogant isn't he yeah like that's I've I've had that on a couple of occasions and kind of found that out I'm like fuck if you only knew what like if you only knew what was going on in my head and how far from me being arrogant like what's actually what the fuck sorry that's so I can't get my words out yeah alrighty guys just a quick word to uh, break the show up there uh, we're going to have a quick hit from our sponsors so straight off the bat guys Quash Creative we spoke about this obviously in the intro uh, it's an Elwood based freelance design firm run by our mate Shawnee Marsh Bill Bo mentioned the fact that he uh, got around and did our, our awesome little intro tune at the start alright now before we do this which is fucking sick (laughs) guys his sole aim is to solve business challenges with creative solutions where that solution is new website logo or marketing strategy if you go to him with a problem he'll uh, he'll figure it out for you or figure out the most effective way to solve it so if you mention Adventure Fit Radio Shawnee will give you a free basic SEO report on your brand or your or your website or feedback basically we're also sponsored by Audible which is Basically, a uh, an online book hub of about a billion, trillion, gazillion uh, uh, books and new releases and exclusives. It's fucking sick. It's where I get all my information from. I still read paperback every now and then, but uh, Audible is where the big where the big money happens. So, basically, team Audible is offering listeners of Adventure Fit Radio a free audiobook download with a free thirty day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So to download the free audiobook, guys, head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. And finally, team, Adventure Fit Travel. This podcast is always proudly supported by Adventure Fit Travel. It's an adventure travel company for the fitness community. Head on over to www.adventurefittravel.com to check out all the trips and blogs. Head to the social media to keep up to date. Uh, And I'd mention radio and that is our code offer to get, radio. the code word is the radio <laughs> yes to get 10% off uh, merch 
And trips. And trips. <laughs> uh, back to the show. Thank you. But that's why I'm, I'm trying to push to talk about this because it's about understanding. Like, mm. they, they think you're arrogant. You probably think they're real shit because they're looking at you like that. If there was just two-way communication, we said, hey, I'm really sorry. So it'd be two things. It'd be one for you to say, hey, feel com- the person dealing with anxiety saying, being comfortable talking about it and saying, hey, like I have anxiety, like this is what it is. But also too, it's another part in the person you're telling that to, understanding, empathizing of what anxiety is so they can reach common ground. Because yeah, I'm it, sure they would if they knew, but I mean... Yeah, but people still look anxiety differently to worry and stress, you know? Yeah. And like it's, it's really not at all. Like people get fearful of things and like if you're dealing with that chronically, there should be like a level of understanding there, you know? Mm. Because you, cause you're not arrogant. You know, yeah. you're not, I'm really you're not, not an arrogant person. I'm the furthest and I, I fucking thing from arrogant. I would be the first person to tell you that you're mm. arrogant. I'd mm. say, yeah, I love him. He's a good mate, but he's an arrogant cunt. Mm. <laughs> you know, but he's, you're not. Like no, you did, I'm you're, really not. Yeah. I'm really give absolutely. I'm, I'm through what I went through with an ex-girlfriend of mine and her family. I, I was never arrogant when I was young, but yeah. like I got th- put through the grill with my ex-girlfriend. Her family just used to call me fucking dirt basically because yeah. I was from the peninsula and I was a tradie at the time you yeah. know I had three houses at the time when I was 21 going out with, going out with this chick but because I was from the peninsula like I'd, I was judged I've never felt it was insane what I got put through like mm. insane mm. I got abused sworn at you're a fucking asshole you're a, you're a fuck off like get out of our lives mm. you've ruined our daughter like whatever and I was the best bloke ever. You've ruined your daughter. Uh, yeah, because fuck. Yeah, like all this stuff, and and that was and it was all. I got apologies, and oh my god, I never realised you're the you're the fucking best guy. Like, this is down the track, and yep. I was just like, <sighs> but especially because of that. Yeah. Especially because of that. Yeah. Like fuck. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not arrogant. Yeah. I mean, I've got right. other faults. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm fucking, I've got lots of other faults, but yeah, I'm not arrogant. So, no, but it, it is funny how the perception is. Um, like perception of what people look at and you talk about social media, for example. Yeah. Like that's another thing with me. Like people, um, when I got off social media and I started talking about how negative I think about the impact Instagram has on people's lives. Yeah. And now I'm back on it so much and, you know, trying to build my personal brand, all that fuck, whatever. Yeah. But like when I was talking about the 15 minutes of people's day that you see and how, and somebody said to me like, oh, you know, but you know, that's like, you know, that's not, the real life of what's going on. Like mm. you don't actually know what this person's going through. You don't know what's going on on the other end of that photo, you know? And someone said to me like, you're just as fucking bad as anyone. Yeah. Like, cause of the shit I put up on yeah. social media. Like there's so much behind the actual, like behind the scenes of what's going on social media wise, face to face wise. Like, but you never know what's going on in people's heads. So no. yeah. But the only thing is it's, it's hard for people cause you don't, you know, you can't assume that people will understand. No, you know, you got to be like, this is this is the way I'm acting. This is what I'm putting out there for the world. Yeah, you know, and they're going to make judge a judgment it, based ju- off that. Judge it on, you know, judge it on its merits. And yeah. unfortunately, you might have anxiety, you might have depression, you might be really lacking confidence. You might be that might be the real you. It might be whatever. Yeah, but yeah, you just got to you got to take the good of the bad. And if you are one of those people that is going through said fucking yeah said you know yeah. period then you have to try and work your way out of it. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's yeah. the only thing you can really do. But So for me, the uh, my panic attacks were... So there were three. So there was one... So the, the biggest one to stand out for me was the, the one where I watched a YouTube video about a guy that um, claimed that he went to hell and back. Um, there was one where I was watching Ellen and a really sort of masculine-looking rugby star 
came out gay. And then there was another one where um, I was taking a brief um, at my old CrossFit gym and I freaked out in front of people. And that's that's the one where I um, feel closely related to you with your panic attack is because like I felt like an absolute failure mm. and every cue that a member would come up to me after that or a coaching tip, like I just felt like I would say it, but I just like felt like I was a worthless piece of shit because mm. I just couldn't like, I just sucked. Like I failed the brief. There was like 35 people that were watching me. Mm. Like they all know that I had a panic attack. It was out on the table. I couldn't hide it. Mm. I felt like a failure, you know, it was, but like, there were prerequisites to it. And the, the first one, which was that hell one, was I would have been like maybe nine, 18 or 19 at the time. Um, and this was actually, oh no, I would have been a bit late. Actually, no, I would have been, uh, it would have been late 2013. So when it was all starting to kick in, yeah. Um, and I watched this guy, because I'd always dealt with issues about um, heaven and hell and, and life after death, because for me, it's like a, it's a, uh, it's an uncertainty and mm. anxiety is always related to like uncertainty. Like what if this and that, or what if that and that, or like what yeah, if- the future. Yeah, it's about the Worrying future. about the future. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I always used to hate the fact that there was a possibility because I grew up um, with a Catholic um, religion as, as the background. Um, um, that's obviously why I'm so against religion nowadays. Everyone's got their own personal values. But uh, yeah, I grew up with the the- the idea that there was like a hell, there was mm. like a heaven and hell. So that was like etched into my brain. And, um, I watched this guy who for all intents and purposes seemed to be like a pretty good dude. Like he, he seemed no better or worse than me. Like I, I've made mistakes. Like I, I swear all the time and you know, whatever. And he seemed like that sort of guy. And he was an atheist. So he didn't believe in God before he had this experience, which scared me even more because it meant that like, this is like, everyone's going to get involved with this. It's not just religious people. Mm. And he explained that when he, when he died, so he was like medically dead for like 45 seconds or something, whatever it was. And he explained that he, uh, he saw this white light and he was moving towards it and he was slowly moving towards it. But as he would go ever closer to the white light, which was obviously uh, heaven, that this black, dark, like hopeless shroud of like just nothingness was approaching him from the right side. And, the closer you went to the, the white light, the more the black darkness approached him. And the darkness, he knew that it was hell because it was just an eternity of just pain and personal anguish. And just before the black darkness hit him, he yelled out saying, God, please, I don't want to go to hell. Please save me. And uh, there at that moment, he was standing in front of the almighty God in his words. And like what he realized later which I didn't know at the time because I actually watched the YouTube video again about a year and a half ago, which is fucking freaking me out the whole time. But I knew I had to do it. Was that he, what that black darkness was, was his own personal issues mm. that he needed resolving. Um, and I didn't know it at the time and I just took it as, oh my God, that's hell. Mm. He was a good person and for some reason he went to hell. And the only reason he didn't go to hell was because he said that he believed in God. And like, I, I just hated the idea of like, doing believing in something because you were told to rather than coming to your own decision from it. So I felt trapped in that way because I didn't want to do that. And the other side, I felt trapped because I didn't want to suffer for eternity. Like the idea of eternity where there's complete hopelessness, like mm. you can't, you can't, you will, it will, this will never get better. Mm. It will never get better. And, um, until the end of time and whatever that is. Mm. And I just would constantly, picture myself like I freaked the fuck out I called Beyond Blue I, I didn't know what to do I, I had to 
I didn't know what to do with Beyond Blue. I just knew that like that was an idea. And then I spoke mm. to mom and she gave me like an idea of like writing a diary entry down. But I just hated the art. Like I pictured um, demons poking at me and laughing at me. And I pictured like burning eternally mm. and um, just like being a constant searing pain for like never ending. Um, because I feel like humanity is great because there's always like hope with what do we do? And that's why we're so curious. But there was no hope with any of this. And it just freaked me out so much. And then that's when the... OCD developed because I wanted to, as much as I hated it, prove to God that I was a good person. So I would set the alarm early in the morning or whatever and just go out and pick rubbish all over. Mm. I don't know where the rubbish tin came from, but like, it's fucking strange. But like, <laughs> I pick rubbish up. Yeah, pick rubbish up and put it in the bin. And like, I'd sometimes I'd even look up to the sky and be like, there you go, you're happy now. Like, weird shit like that. But um, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I mean, I thought I was fucking weird man like really fucking weird like I I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it especially because when I'd speak to people about oh you know I'd say like I've got a fear of like I don't know sexuality I've got a fear of like you know having sex with my dad or my, my mates like I've mm. got a fear of like um, going to hell I've got a fear of ghosts like these are all things where people would be like oh what the fuck man that's so strange <laughs> where if I just had said like oh man I've got like really bad social anxiety or I've got like this thing where I just can't turn the light switch off and on they'd be like oh yeah that's anxiety like I've can't be spoken to someone like they'd mm. be able to talk to me on a more genuine level but like mm. I don't know like I just felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it and um, yeah. that's why I've been so keen to do all this stuff is because irrespective of what the thoughts are we both had the same physical symptoms you know and all that sort of stuff and to everyone everyone that has mm. all this shit it's um yeah. So, what do you do to, yeah, to 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 combat it? I mean, like, I remember. So, the second time I had a panic attack, yeah, I same same setup, feeling really shit. Um, didn't want to be around people. Social anxiety, blah blah blah, whatever. And I've spoken about this on the show before, I think. And mm. then I was at me and Jill were house sitting, and Jill went out for drinks with her mate, yeah, Connie, who's great. She's really nice. Yep. And um, what is Connie short for? Uh, Conrad, um, Condor, 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 Condor yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Condor, yeah, Commodore, <laughs> Commodore, yeah, um, she's a car, Commie, yeah, yeah. Commie, her name was actually, Commie, yeah, that's Commie, right, Commieist, <laughs> um, but um, that's our first gag yeah, show, yeah, I know, about yeah. forty minutes in, I was like, this <sighs> might be a gagless show, yeah, this could be a gagless show, I was gagging, <laughs> we'll edit that out, yeah, yeah, we'll um, give it in, I'm getting a gag, <laughs> um, anyway, so Connie was like, um. Yeah, Connie was Jill's best mate. They were out having drinks and I'd been some, somewhere, I don't know where, but I'd been at training, that's right. Mm-hmm. I was just feeling shit at training and that night was supposed to be Adventure Fit Travel's second birthday party. I'd organised it for this place in Melbourne. Yes. Um, everybody was keen to go down there. It was, yes. gonna be, it was actually going to be great the amount of people that had said that they were keen to catch up and whatever. And then I got home, it was probably about four. I laid on the couch, this big house warehouse sitting, laid on the couch, just stared at my phone and scrolled Instagram for about yeah. an hour. Yeah. Fuck, another half an hour passed, started to go dark to the middle. It was winterish, probably about 5.45. Ruins. And that's all I've done. I'm just scrolling through Instagram, checking out other people's days. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, fuck, Jill's probably going to be home soon. I really hope Connie's not with her, which she wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be mm. just Jill and then we're going to get ready and we're going to go to my thing, eventually it's thing. And then... um. Yeah, I heard the gate open of this place and then I heard laughter of two girls like Jill and Connie. I heard the clip-clop of like the boots they were wearing and I could just tell they're just having a ball. You yeah. Know? They've had a great Saturday afternoon going and having brunch and a couple yeah. of drinks or whatever. You know, so it was great. Sweet for them. 
But for me, I was like, fuck this. I can't handle this. So what I did, I was laying on the couch. As soon as I heard Connie's voice, I sprang to my feet as quick as I possibly could. I grabbed my jacket off the couch. So my idea was, I don't want him to know that I'm here. Yeah. Grabbed my jacket, reached for my bag and missed it as I was running and then just kept running up around the corner, up the stairs, two flights of stairs and dove into this bedroom and closed the door. And I'm like, fuck the beds, uh, fuck the bags there, fuck the bags there, fuck the bags there. Like, yeah. they're going to know I'm here. Yeah. And then Jill's like, Bill, Bill, you here? Yelling out. And I was laying down in the bed and my heart was fucking racing. I yeah. couldn't think straight. But then I started thinking to myself like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, exactly. Like, I had no control over the fact that me as a grown man in a fucking place that I'm staying yeah. with my girlfriend about to I had no control over the fact that I sprang to my feet as fast as humanly possible mm. and sprinted yeah like I, I sat there I'm like what the fuck yeah and then I was like okay what am I gonna do I closed the door I'm being as quiet as possible Jill's yelling out I can hear her walking around the house I'm like fuck I hope she's not coming up here I hope she's not coming up here then I started to so so she still didn't know you were there no nah, she yep. still didn't know I was there she knew that maybe like she was probably thinking the bag's here yeah, the he's bag's obviously there. not here he must have maybe gone for a walk somewhere mm. in the bag's just on mm. the couch anyway so I was like right I'm having a panic attack right now mm. this is fucked and I've had things like this similar things happen before kind of like panic slash like numbing effect kind of stuff happen but this was one time where the day beat me the panic attack beat me mm. Because I didn't end up, like we we me and Jill decided to cancel my party. Yeah, but uh, adventurous party. But the day beat me. But I, for the first time ever, I kind of beat the panic attack to a degree. So I was laying on the bed, and it was probably fifteen minutes. I reckon I was laying on the bed, heart rate jacked, not able to move. What do I do? What do I do? Fuck this! This is the worst. I'm having the fucking shittest day of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, right, the only way you can beat this, the only way you can get around this is open that door and walk down the fucking stairs, pretend yep. like nothing happened. Yeah. Just, it's not that difficult. And I'm like, I'm not fucking doing it. I'm not fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. It was that same thing with what happened with Phrase where like there was a door. It yeah. wasn't an imaginary door, but yeah. I just needed to open it. But it felt like the door was locked and was forever locked. Like no matter what I could do, I can't, it's just, I can't walk through that fucking door. Having that same feeling and then, I was like, right, but if I do, it's not going to be that bad. Like, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. It's the only way out of it. It's the only way out of it. Like, so I'm literally having like the the devil and, yep. and the good version of myself. like the evil. Angel. Yeah, the good and the evil, you know, yep. you see in the cartoons and stuff. I'm having those two people on each side of my shoulders um, whispering in my ear, do this, do that, do this, do that. No, you can't do this. You can't do that. And then I was like, right, fuck, okay, okay. And I sat up on the bed and it was like a slow process. It was like, I've sat up on the bed. I've moved. I'm not laying down anymore. Yeah, yeah. Trying to take big breaths in through my nose, you know, belly breath, breathe out. I'm like, right, all right, fuck, come on. You can do this. I'm like, fuck it. All right. And I started walking. I opened the door and I, my, my gate was normal. I wasn't fucking creeping down the stairs. Where I, my, my gate, I, I just walked out of the room, down the stairs. Hey, Jill. Hey, Connie. Mm. How you going? And then I'm like, right, I've done it. But mind you, I sat down next to Jill and she knew something was up and Connie kind of got yeah, the fine. Yeah. Something was up and mm. fine. But I mean... That was the first time for me I was like, right, I didn't lock myself in that room and never come out. Yeah. Like that was the first small steps to actually beating exactly this this feeling of a panic attack. And it happened to me even um it happened to me like I talk about how good I've been going. It happened to me about two months ago now. Yep. I went to um I went to 
Jack's. No, I went to um, what did I do? I went to the psychologist. Went to see um Daryl, and in I sat Collingwood? down. Yeah, in Collingwood, I sat down and I just started bawling my eyes out because it, it was only like about space of two or three days, but I just started getting mad anxiety again, and it was really quite like pretty decent. Yep. And I was so tired and just so over it. I'm like, I'm never getting anywhere. This is fucked. And I sat down, I just started bawling my eyes out. Yeah. So this is pretty recently. This is a bit of a hiccup, you know, in the road. But it was also good because I learned a lot. Yeah. So I sat down with Daryl and I said, um, he goes, mate, what's going on? I said, and I just started bawling. I'm like, yeah. I'm so fucking tired, man. I'm so over this. I'm so I'm just done with it. I can't fucking, yeah. I can't handle this fucking feeling. And then Daryl's like, what's going on? I said, mate, I've just been really bad anxiety. And tonight, so that night was the first week I was in the commons and... Friday night at the Commons is drinks and it was um, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Mexican holiday. Yeah. And little did I know every Friday, even if there's no Cinco de Mayo, there'll be a fairly, fairly decent party going on there. Yep. Anyway, so everyone's like, you come for Cinco de Mayo, we're having drinks. And I was pumped about like everyone I was working with, all the friends I'd made. And then from there, like I was, I also had Jack's party in Collingwood, which was, which was going to be one of the sickest house parties. I already knew it was going to be rad. I really wanted to go out there, but... I said to Daryl, I'm like, I'm really struggling. I'm fucking got really bad anxiety and I'm fucking peaking because I'm supposed to go to work and have Cinco de Mayo. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to go to Jack's party. Daryl kept like talking me through it. He's like, mate, I really want you to go. What would it take? It won't be that bad. Think about like the feeling when you get there, what will it feel like? Chat, talk through all this stuff. And I just kept saying to Daryl, I said, I'm not going, mate. Yeah. I'm not fucking going. I'm yeah. just not doing it. I'm not doing it to myself. And then Daryl explained to me, he's like, right. You understand that right now, out of 10, you're at a 10 out of 10 with your panic levels. Yep. If I go there, the worst is going to happen. Yep. What's the worst that can happen? I'm like, well, the worst that can happen is I go there, everyone thinks I'm a fucking dick. Yep. Everyone thinks I suck. I'm a loser. That's, yep. that's, that's what social anxiety is. That's yep. what, and when you're panicking, that's the thoughts that you get. You yep. get that, nobody likes me, fuck whatever. It's going su- to suck. I'm going to be the worst. Yep. And Daryl's like, well, what's happened in the past when you've, when you've maybe, you know, you felt a little bit shit and you've gone to a place. I'm like, well, oh, fuck, I couldn't really. And he told me like, think of an, think of an example. I'm like, well, well kind of one example. I remember my mate Trent, one of the guys, good mate of mine, came on the first ever adventure trip. Trent had his birthday and he invited me to it. I get on with Trent like a house on fire. Yep. He invited me and I couldn't find anyone to go with. I didn't want to rock up by myself because I had this panic of like, I don't want to walk in there by myself. Yeah. It's like that, that just walking through the door kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Once I'm there, and then Dale was like, so what did you do? I said, well, I didn't actually go myself. I ended up calling my mate Steve-O. Um, he, him and his partner were going with another friend and he came and picked me up and I breathed through it and I, I put my clothes on. I didn't want to go, I didn't want to go. I walked out the door, jumped in the car, didn't want to go, didn't want to go. Felt pretty comfortable then when, I, when I'm Steve-O. Felt a little bit off though, like a little bit awkward, you know. A couple of conversations, felt like I wasn't really clicking in whatever. Got to the bar, 30 seconds maybe, a couple of minutes of awkward conversations and I'm like, fuck, I'm pretty relaxed. So, mm. you know, it was okay. Daryl's like, well, that's what it's like, mate. And then I'm like, I'm not going, Daryl. Yeah. I'm not fucking going. Like, I know, that, yeah, it makes sense. I understand what you're saying. I'm not fucking going. And then Daryl's like, I just want you to think about it when you go back, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it'd be good if you go. And then, so his whole rhetoric was, you're at a 10 out of 10 right now on your stress levels. This yeah, is exactly. the worst thing that can ever fucking happen to you. He goes, if you can conquer that fear, if you, yep. if you can say to yourself, right, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to go to this thing because it's going to be bad in all these different fucking ways yeah. and it's going to suck because I'm going to feel like this. It's going to be the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah. If you go there and you have the same experience that you had with Trent's party, yeah. you go there and you go, fuck, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, exactly. Then that's 
experience and that's practice basically it's definitely practice you know? definitely practice because you can take that as precedence yeah that's right and he's like so if you can build up a bank of experiences where you've got right that was a 10 out of fucking 10 yep. I didn't want to go and I walked in and yeah it was fucking pretty awkward but it wasn't that bad in the nah. end you know then you're like you can actually call on those memories call on that experience and be like right you know what I know I don't want to go I know I'm feeling shit Yep. I know I might be a little bit awkward at the start, but it's not going to last. Yep. I'm going to be around my friends. I'm going to have a few laughs and I'm going to relax. It's mm. going to be good. So what happened with me was I end up, um, and you already know this story, but obviously all the listeners don't, but yep. but I went to um, the commons and I started doing, I got there at three and I started doing some work and I just had like a couple hours of work I wanted to do and then I was going to probably just go home. I, in my head, I was still, I'm not going, I'm not going. And this was, my hand was forced. Yep. My hand was literally forced, but I don't care because now I learned from it. Um, then I from the commons came over and put a beer on my desk at yeah. like three o'clock I'm like what the what the fuck you know yeah, what's yeah. this and um, and then I'm like okay no worries and then I had a beer I'm still like oh fuck I don't know I don't know I don't know and I walked over to refill my beer about an hour later I'm drinking really slowly because I'm like I'm still not sure I walk over and I fucking bump into a couple of these dudes that are drinking beers they're standing right next to the tap just punching beer after beer after beer yeah. and proper like larrikin yeah, yeah. larrikin lads too yeah. and I walked up and I poured this because the, the tap pours really fast beer put my glass on it pulled down the lever and fucking like 20% beer 80% foam <laughs> and the lads are just like yeah, you fucking loser. Yeah. yeah. You just fucking give. These guys are like, oh, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went so hard. Uh, oh. Sorry, I already said the C-bomb here. Anyway, anyway um, <laughs> 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 so <laughs> anyway, oh, dash him. Yeah. But, um, pull his pants down. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> jack him off. Um, oh, we've lost it. Oh, let's uh, go. Anyway, I've cut all that out. No, nah, I'm but, keeping um, it in. No, nah, just joking. But <laughs> anyway, so it started berating me. Yeah. And then, um, and then I'm like, oh, no. And I started, you know, self deprecating, having a bit of a laugh. Poured another beer, fucking limbered up next to these guys and yeah. started, you know, giving them a bit of, giving them a bit of grief and like just having a chat. Yeah. And I, I end up just standing there with these guys for about 30 minutes, had the funniest conversation, yeah. and then I'm like, right, I'm on here. This is great. I'm yeah. having a great time. Yeah. And then I realized, I'm like, well, that wasn't so fucking hard. Yeah. And then from that, <laughs> from that... Um, well, then from, you ended up having a fucking best house party. Yeah. It ended up being amazing. Yeah. I yeah. went to the house party, and um, everything that I... Everything just went well. Yeah. Everything went good. Yeah. And I uh, had the best time ever. Well, and that, then, that's the hardest thing about it, though, man, is it like... The the easy the the, the uh, can't believe what it said. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that just like shows how much of a lad I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah let's pull his pants down, jack him off. Yeah. It's like, all right, mate. But like, literally, um, the hardest thing to do about having a panic attack or any sort of anxious thing is the only way to cure it. You know. Say again. So like, yes, there are other processes and tools you should have in place in your life to like lessen your set anxiety level and make you more engaged in life but when you're actually going through a panic attack the only way to get rid of a panic attack is to do the opposite of what the panic attack is telling you to do Mm. it's the only thing ever because if you don't that will stay in your brain it's such a strong emotion fear that like that'll habitualize itself in your brain and you're gonna be always anxious you're gonna Mm. it's gonna set itself higher and higher you know but like you're exactly right man like every single time you conquer it you gotta really like feel that memory mm. so the next time you have fear because fear will always be a part of our lives we're humans and we 
we have anxiety in the amygdala to mm. keep us from danger. And so, mm. like, it's always going to be with us. But, like, it's about remembering that you've conquered it before, you can conquer it again. No, this time is no different from the last time. Mm. This time is probably easier than the last time. Yeah. And you've just got to keep doing it. And that's how you grow. That's why mm. I'm obsessed with it, you know? Mm. But, yeah, it's... um. I don't know. Panic attacks are a funny one because panic attacks, I feel like, even again, people look differently on them as they would normal anxiety and all that sort of stuff. It's just the extreme version of what anxiety can do, you mm. know? But yeah, I think that was a bit mm. of good content in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, guys, we'll probably wrap it up there, but um, <laughs> uh, on a serious note, if you um, have any personal experience with this sort of stuff or if you have any um, questions that you feel like Bill and I could probably help out with or offer some advice um, to you can email us it's um, doc at adventurefittravel.com and for me it's tom at adventurefittravel.com obviously you know the, these things are, this is a fragile subject and we're just speaking anecdotally on them and from what we've learnt but um, uh, there are services out there like Beyond Blue which I think is fantastic and, and, and the kids helpline depending on what, what age you are but if you think it's just some advice sort of stuff or some experience you've had as well um, don't be afraid to reach out for sure because we fucking love talking about it I know I do for sure, for sure yeah yeah and you won't be the first the first people like me and Tommy get messages and um, yeah. emails and comments all the time about uh, the stuff that we talk about and mm. it seems like you know there's more people out there than uh, than we really first thought that are, that are yep. listening to what we're saying and that actually um, want advice and help and guidance and stuff and mm. even though you know like I said, two months ago, I was in tears with uh, my psychologist. I still bump into people all the time that tell me they're going through the same thing and mm. they're not actively trying to yes. fix the, help themselves. Yes, you know, exactly. Not fix it, but to help themselves. Which is a they real don't issue. Know, they don't know. Like I might, be, I might be still only halfway th- through my journey and it might be a lifelong journey, but I, I definitely... Um, I know what makes me happier. I know what yeah. I know what I uh, what I can do to combat these things. So, yeah, anytime anyone ever wants to uh, reach out, mm. that's what me and Tommy are for. Beautiful. All righty, guys. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed that one, um, and we will speak to you next week. Bye bye. All righty, guys. If you like that show, please head to iTunes and subscribe. If you are already a subscriber and you like that show, do us a favor. Go ahead and leave us a rating and review. They help us climb the rankings, help us uh, get more downloads, help us no ends to bring you more um, content, more guests, more uh, awesome adventure radio-ness. And also, <laughs> go, to the, uh, go to the show notes, guys, which can be found at www.adventuretravel.com forward slash radio for anything that was mentioned in the show. And finally, check out Quash Creative and uh, our mate Sean Marsh. Head to www.quashcreative.com.au and also Audible for your 30-day free trial and one free audiobook, www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. And lastly but not leastly, Adventure Fit Travel. 10% off any and all of our trips. Use the code word radio at www.adventurefittravel.com. See you next week. <laughs>